0: Hello, everybody. This is Darren Redmond, and I'm speaking to John Tull again for the first time. For those of you who don't know John, the man is a legend here in Fresno County. And We're going to talk about some of the wonderful things you did in this little place called Fresno, um, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that you do nationally, and we do some wonderful stuff with the Florida Gators right now, and I want to talk to you about the sports team management and marketing um, overall, but Sean, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Oh, oh thank you. It's a pleasure to be uh, on, on your show, Aaron.
0: You know, we met only one time, and, uh, but yet I felt like I knew you for years. I've been living out in Fresno for 16 years, and I've been involved with the Monsters for quite a long time. And I started Fresno um, Hockey Talk and Fresno Sports Talk and um, do a lot of stuff out here, and your name constantly comes up as somebody who does it right. And we'll get into what that means. But for those who don't know you, if you give some people your background, and we just take it from there.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a native of uh, South Bend, Indiana. You know, Northern Indiana. I grew up a big Irish fan. Uh, you know, so I was I was around sports, uh, you know, my my whole life. You know, and my my older brother Bob, you know, played football for Notre Dame with Joe Montana. So I was one of those kids. You know, 12 years old, going into the locker room after the game and. And it was around that stuff all the time, so it was a very positive uh, influence on me. So, um, yeah, grew up there, played a little D three football um, at DePaul University <laughs> with a W, you know, uh, and, and I had a blast doing that. And uh, got a major in history, got a great degree, and then I went to grad school and got my master's in sports marketing. So from Indiana University in Bloomington, and from there, Darren, honestly, I you know, uh, I got, I um, was fortunate to, to land just really interesting jobs. You know, from there, I started off in South Bend as an intern um, with a minor league baseball team called the South Bend White Sox in 1988. Uh, but then the ownership group, you know, they, they looked at me, they said, hey, you're working hard. So they sent me out to, you know, Hampton, Virginia, to be the associate general manager of the um, uh, Peninsula Pilots of the Carolina League. And that's where I got my first management job. And, I was really it was really a, quite the experience. I was the youngest general manager in minor league baseball at the time. I had just turned 25 because uh, they, they promoted me to GM within a couple months. But but from there, it was just minor league baseball and hockey for a long time. You know, it was it was uh, it's like that uh, uh, Johnny Cash song, you know, from a minor league standpoint for a while. You right. know, I've been everywhere, man. So I started off in Virginia, went to South Bend to run the baseball team there again um and did like eight and a half years of baseball and so this is where you're going to appreciate this in uh in 1995 uh some guys approached me and said we want you to come run a hockey team in Dayton you know the Dayton Bombers are there of the ECHL but they wanted to start up a new team and so we had two teams in Dayton for a year um it it doesn't always work out right so so the the team that these guys hired me to to run it wasn't going to work out uh, because they were playing at the old arena but then the Bombers hired me. So that's where I started off in hockey in in 1996 with the Dayton uh, Ice Bandits slash Dayton Bombers hockey team. And um, full disclosure, I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't play hockey growing up. I didn't skate, you know, it was all new to me. Right. So uh, anyway, so I did that. Um, You know, the Dayton thing for a while was with the Cincinnati Cyclones. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I got. The call to to interview for the Fresno Falcons job uh, in in nineteen ninety nine two thousand right so um, you know I know we're gonna jump back to that but you know I did that for a while and then um, in two thousand and eight I, I I joined or two thousand and nine I joined the college sports ranks right so you know from from grad school all the way up to two thousand and nine I was working in minor league baseball hockey soccer etc um, and then I I joined uh, you know Learfield for college sports in two thousand and nine and and have been doing that ever since from Penn State. pit to michigan state now to florida but uh but yeah when i got to fresno um you know i'd been working in hockey for about um three or four years at the time
0: so there's so much to unpack there and um my hope is that people who want to get into sports management get into um just understanding how sports works um i want to unpack first thing and my daughter's going through a little bit of this now in a positive way. She got a degree. She's running a um, uh, She's a regional manager for a company that distributes um, ciders and wines. And she's in that weird place where you're young, so you don't want to come on too strong because you have some people who are established and she likes to show respect. But at the same time, you need to cut your path. You're 25 years old, you become a GM, walk us through that process. How are you handling that? Because, you know, did you have mentors? Did you just feel it out? Walk me through that.
1: Yeah, well, and, um, you know, I did have a, a couple mentors at the time, but uh, as you can recall, back then there was no uh, social media and uh, uh, the resources were um, were more, you know, yourself and your phone and, you know, calling people up, you know, and and, and saying hi and asking questions and just trying to take it all in. So, so yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I made some mistakes, you know, what I, you know what I mean? And one of my mentors in South Bend, John Baxter, he ran that team for a long time, but he just said, you know, you just can't be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, it's just, you gotta, you know, whatever you do, just, you know, do it with, you know, with confidence, but if you make a mistake, you can fix it. And And when you work in sports, I mean, you're selling entertainment, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I had to realize I might make some mistakes along the way. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm working in in the entertainment business so we can fix it, you know, Um, live entertainment, you know, we'll we'll tweak the the PA read, we'll tweak this, we'll tweak that. Um, But, but no, I mean, it was hard, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it was a lot of growing pains at age 25. Um, But looking back, I mean, I always tell people, man, you you know, you can have four or five opportunities these days before you're 30 years old. You know, I mentor a lot of these students and student athletes, and I just tell them, I said, just dive into something. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it anymore. Go find something else to do. Um, but don't be afraid to make mistakes because you learn from mistakes and you learn from, from, uh, adversity, you know, and you learn more when, when, when things don't go your way. So things, I mean, early on, man, things weren't going my way. I mean, it was, that was an interesting experience in, uh, you know, to be 25 years old and work for some ownership group out of New York city that's coming down. And, you know, we, we ended up moving this team to Wilmington, Delaware, and it's called the Wilmington blue rock. But that was a lot of, of, uh, that was a lot for me I and mean, i'm going on site visits for new stadiums and construction sites and and i'm you know i'm i'm the guy right and and mm-hmm. just because they they made me the guy didn't mean i was ready to be the guy Right. <laughs> so and, and uh, you know yeah
0: you know, and i bring that up sometimes to people who are older and um i hope they hear what the words that you're saying because you know you hit 50 sometimes and and you get cycled out for whatever reason um and you might be taking those skill sets that you have and applying them to something else. It's the same methodology, isn't it? Don't be afraid to fail, move forward, learn from. Them.
1: Exactly. I mean, and, and and that's the thing. I mean, I just uh, um, I, I I don't consider myself arrogant whatsoever, but I've always considered myself confident. You know what I mean? And and you know, but but confident in, in my uh, in my game plan, confident in my skills, um, but confident also in in my ability to bounce back. You know, I always say, man, I'm a tank. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can take it, like and um and that's okay. So I just um and, and when you work in this business and you're get, just getting started, I mean you're gonna take some hits. You know you're gonna have mm-hmm. ownership groups that that want to move a, a baseball team or move a hockey team to another city or or do whatever you know. And um it's just it's just different. So you just you grow up real fast. And uh, I have no regrets. I mean I that's I think that's why I'm I'm you know I've been been pretty successful in the college space, but it's because of all that experience that I had back in the minor league. Uh, professional sports uh, space that I think is making me as successful as I am in the college space, you know?
0: You know, back to minor league sports for a second, um, and then we'll get to the Falcons and some other stuff. I see that with uh, the Grizzlies right now. They went from AAA to single A, the Fresno Grizzlies, and I saw you there, and and wonderful Stephen Rice and some of the wonderful people I have there. People don't realize how hard they work every day and the jobs that they do. And um, they, they might have a title, but they do everything. And um, walk people, walk, maybe walk people for a couple of minutes through that process that there's so much going on. And uh, whether it's in HL, whether it's, it's uh, L, whether it's junior hockey or, or AHL, the work that goes in with these people are not paid a lot of money, but they have a passion for the product, don't they?
1: they do yeah you know, it, it is a passion um and uh you can you know you can just you know be happy with yourself in the morning because if you have a passion for what you do um mm-hmm. it's not about the you know the bank account or the paycheck all the time but it's about having a passion for what you do and so um originally i mean i was keeping up with it and i saw a little bit of a critique about the you know major league baseball did what they did they took over the minor leagues you know and and they uh you know they re put, they re you know structured the the different teams and so you know triple A to double A a lot of people are single A a lot of people were like oh it's gonna be single A no it's a great product you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. the same product it's just a, a different bunch of guys and those guys are still working just as hard as they they did for the triple A team now with the single A team you have to entertain people with the music and the acts and the giveaways no, nothing's changed you know so those guys are still working their tails off and I have a lot of respect for them because I did that and and the thing is I always tell people you know I sell programming, you know, that, that's programming, My single A baseball or triple A baseball, you know, Florida Gators football is programming and Florida Gators volleyball is programming. It's, it's, you know, people coming to the game and, and, um, that, that that's what we sell. We, we don't sell wins. We don't sell performance. We can't guarantee what's going to happen. Um, we sell, you know, family entertainment. We sell, you know, in our business connecting fans with brands and brands with fans, but, but it's all about programming. And so even at the minor league level, you know, Winning's great, but, but I wouldn't, I would never put it in your marketing plan, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I agree. And, and, and it's interesting cause I get some pushback on that. I tell people it's, it's about the experience because when you're sitting in traffic 15 years, 20, in this case, 20 years after the Taylor cup championship or that run, you know, most people don't talk about the championship that year. They talk about the turnaround during the season, post Christmas that run that they went on and how enjoyable it was to watch that. Um, yeah. Because you don't remember that they won three, two against the Idaho, uh, Idaho Steelheads. Right. You remember how it made you feel. Correct.
1: No, exactly. Exactly. And uh, you know, I mean, it, they, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I remember it like yesterday, the, this time of year, the Christmas party, when it was gloom and doom, we had the worst record in all of hockey in Fresno. And we, you know, we had a party for the guys. And uh, I mean, it was like, Man, I mean, it was like a funeral, you know, and uh, after that Christmas party, I mean, the, you know, two or three weeks later, we just, we got our act together. So that, that was a special time to remember, but, but yeah, people remember memories, you know, we, we make memories. I mean, I mentioned, you know, going up to Notre Dame games when I was a kid. I mean, those are memories, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I can go back to being six or seven years old and going to a Notre Dame football game, but I can't remember some stuff that I did yesterday. You know what I mean? So that's what sports I think allows us to, you know, create these fond memories, um, uh, for ourselves that, that we can stick to and hold on to, especially when we need a pick-me-up, you know?
0: Oh, sure. As another D3 football athlete I played at Brooklyn College, you brought up, and you living through, you have brought up Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan. You, you brought up, of course, the Gators, who, by the way, have some of the best uniforms in the land. I'm just putting yeah. it out there. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of well-meaning people who say, this is the tradition, this is how we do things, this is how it's done. So again, without giving away your own secrets, how do you respect that, but at the same time, change things up? Because you're a wonderful example of, you you were very successful prior to social media, and now you've in you're part of social media and you've enhanced it and you've grown with it. And um, you know, Gator Nation is amazing walk us through that how do you balance that because you walk into a new place people are like here's how we always do it and you can't yell at them and say no we need to do things differently how do you make that happen
1: yeah exactly that's a really uh, good thing to talk about because um i've been to a couple of different cities where i started a new job and people would always say this is how we've always done it and uh but i've always been a big fan you know uh, i would say you know embrace change and me personally i need i i tell myself embrace change you know don't don't ever walk into a new situation and, and act like you're from there, right when I when I moved to Dayton in 1995 or 96, uh, a, a media person there gave me some great advice because I, I had a great relationship with him and he said, you're doing really well, you're brand new. He goes, the thing I like about you is that you you realize that people know that you're not from here and you, and you don't you don't mind that like just you know get to know the place. Don't act like you're from here until you're from there. <laughs> You know, and I think sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes you walk into a place and you say, "Hey, this is how we do things over here. We're going to do the same thing here." Blah, blah, blah. And you don't really get to know people. You don't figure out how they've been doing things. Um, and so, th- th- you know, personally, I, I I tell myself to embrace change. I tell, you know, a lot of people to embrace change. You know, I'm I'm fifty nine years old, man. I I I was you know I was on social media when I was um you know I was on Twitter in Fresno in two thousand seven. You know, and then. 2009 I jumped into you know Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and and all that stuff and you know people joke with me about it but you know I mean I I share a bunch of stuff on TikTok now too it's you have to embrace change you know so that's what I'm doing I'm embracing change I'm I'm welcoming in any and all new assets that allow me to be more successful Um, but I'm always a big fan though too of you know people have been doing things for a reason so there's a lot of great things that are going on in a place when you get there and it's just up to you to figure out like what what are, what are the good things what are the not so good things and then and then you know um, you know give a big old kudos to those people that are doing the good things and, and expand on that and make them better and then just make some suggestions and um, but yeah the, the the method of just walking into any any new job and saying hey this is who I am this is what I do you know look at my track record it, it, it doesn't that doesn't work i mean it's a relationship business all the way and I've always been a big fan of just respecting people for, you know, for where they live and where they're from and how they got there and and never acting like I, you know, I'm from there until I'm from there. <laughs> so, you know, the president was the same way. I mean, I had to come in there and, you know, it was, it was a very unique situation. And, and um, you know, there's some people that, you know, it, it was very interesting when I first got there. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and without going into detail, there was a push pull. It still goes on, by the way. There was a push-pull about old and new and, and uh, you know, green and gold and blue and, and, and white and and all of that stuff, but yet somehow those teams that, that you were involved with and not just, you know, the, the, the championship team live in the hearts of people here in Fresno forever. I want to start with the fact, we'll talk a little Fresno Falcons now specifically, but it really can populate anywhere it is not the number one sport in fresno but there is an avid fan base and talk a little bit about that and and uh, because it runs deep
1: yeah i tell you what i mean um you know so i got there in uh you know june of 2000 and um some people you know you might recall that um there's uh, the, form, the the prior ownership group uh, was having some issues maybe some tax issues you know it was the the team was in shambles i'll just put it that way <laughs> right. and so you know our our ownership group charles davenport took it over and uh, um but the thing is i um you know i always tell people like when i got there my mission was to increase the attendance uh at those games because when you increase the attendance it, it makes it more fun for everybody right so i had to get i mean and I'm a big hockey fan, but, but there's, gonna I, I would always say that there's the diehard, there's, there's the season ticket holders. There's the the real, real hockey fans. And then there were Falcons fans. And so the, the, the key would be to bring more Falcons fans into the mix of the, of the season ticket base. You know what I mean? Because they, but, the, but you have to grow that you have to, you know, get, get them to go. So I would talk to our coach Blaine Moore at the time. And, and I said, man, you, you just worry about hockey. You know what I mean? You're the coach. I mean, I'm not I don't have a hockey background, I'm going to put people in the seats, you try to win some hockey games. And that's, you know, that's how we were going to bring in new fans was the my tactics of the traditional minor league marketing, you know, the San Diego chicken, the all all the stuff that teams were doing. And at first, the diehard, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, some of the diehard hockey fans were like, well, this is about hockey, you know, now we're turning this, this thing into a circus. And we're, you know, we're turning it into a spectacle. And and uh, I would always say, yes, we are. <laughs> we're doing it for, for all the right reasons. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, um, I, I'm not lying. I mean, when you say if you get somebody to go to the three hockey games, you can get them hooked on hockey. That's true.
0: 100%. You know?
1: And we were um, we were bringing in people that had never been to a hockey game before because we were marketing to them, you know, with different types of promotions and stuff. So so there was that, you know, a little bit of stubbornness from some folks early on, like, you know, look at this, you know, he's a baseball marketing guy coming in and. You know, with his bag of tricks and blah blah blah, and it was, but it was for all the right reasons. I mean, it was a it was a plan of attack that we knew could work because I saw it work in Dayton when I took over the Bombers, and they were just sticking to hockey. And then I bought in, you know, I, I implemented more marketing and promotions and stuff like that. And we increased the attendance there by two thousand a game from one year to the next, and the same thing was started to happen in Fresno once people saw, hey, you know, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, maybe we should take the family and that that was my whole mission all along was to to know that there's going to be that hardcore that di- diehard you know group of fans um and ultimately that group i think appreciated that there were more fans coming like they want to yes. share their passion for hockey with other people um but but to your point i mean it it is true it's like um you know Fresno is a great town i mean it's one of the most passionate sports towns i've ever worked in i mean honestly i i just i'm just amazed by it and um it was a great market, you know, and, and so they, they, they took, they took to what we were doing, you know, they embraced it and they embraced change and we embraced change. So, um, yeah, I just think that, that, uh, you know, you have to celebrate your community and and a hockey team or a baseball team, you know, the monsters, the Grizzlies, the Fresno state bulldogs. I mean, those are all brands that people are can wrap their arms around and and celebrate their community, you know, at the events. And that's what, that's what we intended to do when I first got there.
0: So, This is not false praise. This is not just pumping up my my guest. This is pure reality. You're talking about when you came in, prior to social media, prior to TikTok, prior to videos going out there streaming, you averaged more people in the seats than, than, and I love Fresno State. Fresno State basketball does today. Fresno State baseball does today. And they won a national championship just 10, 15 years ago. It might be a little redundant to your previous answer, but that must one, make you feel good. But two, how did you do it? Because here's the truth. I've been down, I've been to a lot of stadiums, not nearly as many as you, but whether it's Camden Yards, whether there's some of these other places I've gone to back then there was selling, there was selling arena. And then you go home. There weren't places to eat, places to shop, places to congregate prior to a game, there wasn't tailgating, like you do at a football stadium, but yet you got them coming in all the time. How did that happen?
1: Well, i tell you what, I mean, um, that was one of, you know, when I got there, I was on a mission to uh, educate the community about the fact that it, it's about them. It's about the community. And so mm-hmm. in my prior stops, I mean, I always said, you know, the, the, the brand has to, uh, the brand, meaning the Falcons um, has to 100% embrace the community uh, before we can expect the community to embrace us and that's the order you know you can't just walk into someplace and expect people to show up because you know hey we're the hockey team we're running a couple of ads you need to show up and so you know community cause marketing things whether it's the Pavarello house I mean when I first got <laughs> every stop I've been at um, South Bend Dayton Cincinnati we worked with uh, you know, uh, food banks and local organizations and American Cancer Society and all that stuff, right? So when I first got there, that was one of the first things I did. I went and met the, the, you know, the director of the Pavarello House. I went and met the director of the American Cancer Society, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Foundation, and just, you know, found, found, you know, partners, community partners that maybe could benefit from their partnership with the hockey team because we're gonna to toot their horn, but maybe it would help us sell some tickets and stuff. So, so I did that. I went to every radio station, every TV station, introduced myself, said, "This is what we're all about. We're all about community. We're all about, you know, uh, good product on the ice. No, can't guarantee the wins, but we're gonna have fun. We're gonna do giveaways. You know, you're gonna be proud to to be associated with us. We might have a small budget to advertise with you, but with, but if I if I'm gonna advertise with you, I would hope that you would." you know, reciprocate with some trade advertising or some promotional ads to assist me. Oh, and by the way, you know, we can showcase some of your talent on the ice during the promotions. I mean, some of the standard operating procedure tricks of the trade, but, but I did, I mean, my first month there, I met every radio station, every TV station, um, every community organization. And I have to tell you, there was a couple of them without mentioning names. I'd walk in there and they'd be like, Hey, you know, bud, you know, long and those guys, I mean, they, they still owe me money from the year before and you know i'm not doing anything i go we're a different ownership group you know we don't have the money to pay that bill that wasn't our bill right you know they're gone um but i'm telling you if you know if you if you trust me and you know if i can gain your trust uh you're not going to regret it so you know there's a, a lot of uh you know having to put a few fires out right right then and there but but that's how we did it i mean it wasn't just like let's just get ready for the season and play hockey mm-hmm. i mean w- you know
0: you know one thing i hear about fresno and and I do what I do from a couple of different areas. And this goes back to something we talked briefly about before we started the conversation today. You always say, well, here it's different, here it's different, here it's different. In Fresno, there seems to be a walk up mentality. Where other places, like I was a season ticket holder for the New York Jets, don't blame me, from 1978 until I moved out here in 2006. Season ticket, it was advanced sale, advanced sale, advanced sale. How do you, as what advice do you give to somebody who's just starting in your career where um, they have the, the paradigm of, of a larger walk up mentality than pre sale mentality?
1: Well, I mean, that, that's a really good point because, um, you know, I, you, you can have the greatest product in the world, the best promotion in the world, but if you don't tell anybody about it, then who cares, you know, and I think, you know, that I, I, we, I would save all of our advertising bullets for just what you said, I mean, the day or two before the game, you know, I mean, we're trying to get, you know, two or 3000 people to buy tickets for, for a Friday night game, like on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday with uh, 1500 of, of those being sold on Friday. Like that's mm-hmm. the walk up, right? Like you're saying. So, um, you know, and now having said that, then, you know, the other part of the strategy is a group sales strategy. So you spend months and months and months you know, planning big events and getting groups to come out. But, um, but I would tell people, man, don't ever take, don't ever take the fans for granted, let them know. And don't ever, don't ever take your brand for, for granted. Let them know you're playing, you know, try right. to figure out a way to advertise when you're playing, try to figure out a way to, you know, inform the fans that it's easy to walk up and buy a ticket if they have to. And then maybe they'll become season ticket holders. Cause some markets are like that. You know, they just, Hey, what, what are you guys what are you doing around night? Let's go to the hockey game, you know? And, um, but if, but they wouldn't do that if they didn't hear about it. So we were big fans. I mean, we would, we would pummel the radio markets with, you know, eight to 10, 30 second radio commercials, the day of the game tonight, tonight, tonight with Brian Anthony, you know, thund- yes. thunderstruck and Brian Anthony doing the ad and Fresno Falcons hockey. The Who absolutely town, you know?
0: loves you. You know, you know I'm, I'm blessed. We're both blessed to, to work with Brian Anthony. He loves you by the
1: way. Yeah. I love Brian. And uh, I used him all over the country for some of my stuff, but uh, um but yeah, no, I would just say, though, if, if it's a walk-up market, then then, then embrace that and, and tell people about it. Because sometimes you just, you know, people wonder why they don't show up to buy things when you never heard about it. So, you know.
0: Before I get into that magical year, um, and this might be a little inside baseball, talk about the iconic, at least here in Fresno, selling arena. It just, it's a magical place, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, I'll tell you what, um, that place rocks, you know, and, and, and talk about, you know, uh, atmosphere. Um, it doesn't take a, a, you know, a sellout crowd to, to get atmosphere in there. You could have a couple thousand fans and the place goes nuts. But um, no, I, I, was, I was so proud to sell that product there at selling. I just think the place um, was jumping at times. Do you know what I mean? I mean, just from a standpoint of, you know, the hockey memories that were built there long before I got there. You know, with all the former, you know, Fresno teams that played there, but just, it was like right downtown and it was a place where people could go, you know, for uh, the, the brand, you know, doesn't know any socioeconomic, uh, you know, uh, division, right? I mean, it's like, you know, everybody's wearing Falcons jerseys. They're all going nuts, having a good time. But, you know, whether, you know, there, we had a lot of Hispanic fans. We had a lot of fans mm-hmm. from, the, from Northeast Fresno, Northwest Fresno. Um, you know, we had doctors, lawyers, uh, teachers janitors, whatever, I mean, everybody's wearing their hockey stuff and that place was jumping and they're all in it together, right? So that, that's what's cool about selling. It was very warm and welcoming to everyone. And uh, that, that was my best memory of that place.
0: You know, when, when I was preparing for the 20-year anniversary that, that um,
1: you put together, and I
0: want to talk with, briefly about that as well, um, minor things are major things. You don't want to spend money you don't have, but every promotional item you put out, whether it was a bobblehead whether it was photos of the team, had wonderful quality to it, but people don't realize how important that is because people came up and my garage is full of it, stuff that from back then that, that has lasted, totally important to, again, to the beginner, the quality is important and you don't need to break the bank to do it.
1: No, you don't. And, um, you know, it, it is important. I mean, and, and the fans know better, right? I mean, they, they they understand quality, and so don't ever disrespect the fan. Don't ever, you know, assume anything. I mean, just if you're going to do something, do it right. If you're going to, you know, do a, a nice team photo, make it a nice color team photo on on good card, you know, card stock that you can hold on to, and, and 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 make it right. You know, if you're going to do a bobblehead, do a nice bobblehead that that uh, that works. You know, and, and that people would, would wait in line for, right, outside and. And those are some of my other memories of selling. I mean, the lines outside of people waiting to come in and, you know, Dexter, the magician, we had him out there doing card tricks in the line. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I really loved, you know, that whole thing. But but uh, yeah, just don't don't cut corners when it comes to the entertainment value of your brand. I mean, figure out a way to make it the most entertaining product possible, whether it's with promotional giveaway items or, you know, or hiring a professional like Brian Anthony, keeping him on as a public address announcer or paying somebody. You know, maybe to do spotlights on the big games, you know, mm-hmm. in the arena so you could spot the players during the openings. And maybe you can't afford it for every game, but, but, um, just don't, don't, yeah, don't make, uh, cuts because, um, you know, it's professional entertainment and you, you make that first impression on someone and you don't, you don't know who's coming for the, for the first time. You know, you have to do it all the time. And so whether it's a Tuesday night with, you know, 1,800 people or a Saturday night with 6,000 people, that's somebody's first game. Make sure you're putting on a show for both those nights, you know.
0: So when I bring up these two names, well, one's a name and one is an event, and they both concern you, Freddie the Falcon and Disco Night. Huh. I hear more about that one because I put out an announcement that I was going to be interviewing you today yeah. for tomorrow's podcast, and everybody's like, talk about Freddie, talk about uh, Disco Night. That was you. Um, <laughs> Why does that night live in like forever?
1: Well, so we, uh, I mean, we were on a mission. Uh, it was at the time, the 10th or 20th, I forgot, anniversary, 20th anniversary of uh, um, Saturday Night Fever, right? So it was like mm-hmm. disco or something like that. And right. anyway, so we were just joking that we wanted to um, have, you know, create the world's largest disco dance on on ice at our hockey game. And so um, we ended up, um, you know, practicing the hustle, right? <laughs> and a bunch of us were, were going to do it, including Freddie. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you know, Jim burn who uh is a is a, a decent Freddy, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he'll hear this. Uh no, he he was entertaining, but but he did a great job, man. And I think he he concocted the idea of where we could find the outfits. And so, you know, we just had a blast, man. You know, we had a blast doing disco night with um, gave away those disco globes, you know, pretty mm-hmm. falcon globes, um snow globes. Um we were out there doing the hustle on the ice, you know. Um and it was just it was a blast but those are the things that yeah that i remember too just because it's part of the entertainment you know i mean i i i don't even know if we won the game that night to be honest with you well, that's, that's, that's the, the point. point nobody yeah, cares right, right right so um but but disco night was was good I mean, there's some other promotions that maybe weren't you know maybe bombed here and there but again you if you don't try it right you know then you won't you won't know so but um i love disco night a, among other things
0: so I got this question from two people, one of which um, will choke me if I don't ask you this question. Do you still have the outfit?
1: <laughs> Do I still have the outfit? No, I, I don't still have the outfit because I think we had to return the outfit. I think we just rented <laughs> it for the night. Um, gotcha. uh, that and the fact that I don't think I can wear the outfit now, Now, but, right. uh, you know, 20, 25 pounds later. But, uh, um, but no, I mean, I've got all the pictures and... Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm still sorting through like old videos and stuff that I'm trying to figure out if I if I have some more of that on there. And um, that's what's great about social media. Occasionally, you'll see us posting all the old commercials for that, you know. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. And there's Freddie doing his disco thing. And um, no, I, I love that stuff, man.
0: <laughs> so early this year, you put together a 20 year anniversary uh, of the uh, Taylor Cup champion, Fresno Falcons. And uh, I love the fact that you did it with the Grizzlies, because I just love combining of uh, the sports and of uh, minor league. And it just felt like the right place to do it. It really did for me. Talk about that night and what was your um, motivation to make that happen?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what I mean. So it was about like last year at this time that we were really kicking it into higher gear because we had already made plans about, you know, a year and a half before the event that we were going to do it. but. Um, but the whole idea was, you know, how can we get these guys together? First of all, we need to find them all. Right. So we didn't have all those guys together. Um, but as so, so, Jimmy freeze, you know, was working with me and he was helping to, to, re, to locate the guys. And while he was doing that, and you know, we were also both, you know, talking to, to uh, Derek Franks and some of the guys at the Grizzlies thinking, would that be fun? Like, would that be cool to take a, you know, to, to collaborate and take the existing, you know, minor league, you know, team that's already playing there for baseball and like, you know, work with them to help host our guys, you know, because mm-hmm. there's fans already going to the game and it would be an event, you know, versus us just like having an event that people could buy a ticket to, you know, at, at a, at a golf, you know, course or something. Um, This, this allowed everybody to go, you know, and just buy mm-hmm. a ticket and see them and stuff like that. So, so once that started to come to fruition, it, it just kept snowballing. I mean, uh, you know, Jimmy Freeze got uh you know, he was able to get Porta subs involved a little bit. We ended up buying some of those jerseys, you know, for the guys with the old jerseys, on it. by the way. Yeah, no, and um, and I tell you what, I mean, I was so impressed with the the turnout. I mean, uh, we were only missing a few of the guys. You know, I mean, well, Blame Blaine Moore was sending me notes, he couldn't make it, but he said hi to everybody and uh we had a great turnout.
0: I gotta tell you that I mean, you you do this a lot deeper than I do, but to get I think 18 of the team. In, on, there, yeah, seventeen or eighteen, never happens. In a you know, it just doesn't happen. Life, health, realities of of money. But showed up when Spinrath showed up with his dad. I cried. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, you must have I, I really too. good I mean, that was, so many people.
1: It was good yeah, for it was those just, guys. It was, you
0: know. Oh, absolutely, and. So, it's over. You you go home. What's your fondest memories of, of that night, that day, I mean, well, other than well, job well what,
1: done? Yeah, no. I mean, it was um, it was a blast. I mean, just to catch up with you know Spinner and uh, and you know, Chris Porter and Jason Weaver and Dale Junkin and all those guys and Brody Coffin and Brad Booth and I mean, just the memories that I have. I mean, it was it was like a walking and talking living memories uh the, the whole time we were together, you know, you couldn't look at mm-hmm. each other without thinking about something. And and so um one of my fondest memories was we went over to selling arena and you know, there was the there was a concert. I think there was like a Snoop Dogg concert or something the night before. <laughs> and uh, but we were over there and the guys loved it, man. We were over there, their families are with them. I mean, we went into the the old uh you know, dressing room there and took a little team photo and Um, I mean, we just, we all just soaked it all up and we were looking around the arena and it was just like, wow, man, what memories, you know, all those years ago and this place was rocking. And, um, so I, I mean, the thing is like, I hope to see these guys again very soon sometime, but I just, I came back with just a a big sense of, of, uh, of pride and gratitude and fulfillment that, that everybody had a good time we were able to be able to do that um, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't closure per se, but it was just more like, you know, I think we all needed that. Like that, that was a cool thing to participate in. Everybody goes their way and then all these years go by and sure we keep up with each other on Facebook, but I mean, it was mm-hmm. kind of cool to actually get human beings together. So,
0: and shame on me for not knowing the person who, who shared this with me. Um, but it was a fan of the Falcons and, uh, they said to me, it was Chris Porter who scored the game in a goal, correct? Right. Yep. And I bring that up because this person, it was, a, it was an older woman, said, and I, I'm starting to get emotional. That's You'll learn with me. That's who I am. Yeah. She said, the fact that Chris Porter scored the game winning goal said everything about that team. There was no stars, but that was a team. Talk, if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, just, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, Brian Clark, our radio guy, you know, um, you know he did a great Wonderful job. Wonderful man. Of, mm-hmm. of working with those guys the whole time as well. And um, so it was great to see him, of course. And, um, but the, um, no, that, that was true. I mean, you know, the, the late great, you know, Mike Mathers, you know, I mean, he, you yes. know, he was, he's he was quiet, man, but he was effective, but he wasn't a superstar, you know, I mean, and, and none of, none of those guys were, man, they were, I mean, they worked together. I mean, they, that was the true definition of teamwork was that Fresno Falcons team um, just always getting after it. I mean, you know, Athers puts the puck on net and Porter's coming from behind on the rebound and puts it in, you know? Um, and that's an iconic radio call, you know, from Brian Clark, you know, Porter scores, you know, the, the Selkins are Taylor cup champions. And, um, but no, I mean, and Blaine Moore, I thought did a great job of, of navigating that whole, that whole area of, of, of talent, like who, who fits in where, you know? And, and so we bought in a couple of guys, um, at the end of the season, you know, Derek Cormier and Jason McBain came in to the to the mix, and Dale Junkin came in, um, and and they, they were a big big positive for that that Taylor Cup run. But to your point, I mean, you know, Chris Porter winning the game on that goal, he's just he's one of the nicest guys I've ever worked with. You know, mm-hmm. great family, um, and, and all those guys are. I mean, Corey Murphy, um, just I mean, you know, it, 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 you ask anybody, man, th- those guys are are Falcons for life. The they have no regrets. You know. Um, sometimes things happen sometimes you know they they don't get a chance to see each other Uh, for a lot of those guys you know that I mean I I hold on to it as one of my fondest memories was winning that Taylor cup Um, and and for them that's the same too but then you have to move on you have to get a job and you have a family and and um, you know it's hard right and and I I, I deal this deal with this all the time from a uh, student athlete standpoint is the you know the mental health of the of the student athlete is so important um, as you train them and and mentor them for the future because you know for a lot of these guys, including our hockey players, you know, mm-hmm. since they were little, they were skating and this and doing that and hoping to make it to the big leagues, et cetera. and then there comes a time when all that ends, you know yeah. and so so just to see what those guys are doing 20 years later, I mean it, my, my heart was full. I mean, and and even I mean, Greg spendrath and his dad there and catching up with Greg and and Greg and I haven't talked for a long time, but you know, we we did a, a few years back and, and, and he's just a super good guy too. Who's, you know, who like many of us have just, you know, had to go through some things in our lives to yes. the battle, you know? And so it was really uplifting for, for those guys with him and for him with those guys and for me with those guys. So all of us, um, I think got so much out of it. That's, that's what I took away from it was just, you know, the, the, the uplifting feeling of, uh, you know, the brotherhood and, and companionship and stuff, you know,
0: before I let you go, um, I want to talk about Fresno for a second Uh, and there are a lot of places like this. And and you mentioned Dayton a couple of times and I've been there for, for work. Um, This falls into that category too. And some others. I did a a documentary a few years ago, the history of hockey in Fresno. Mm, And to a man, people said this, well, I'll give this Fresno a try. And they ended up staying and having their families in and around the area for a while or, growing and what is it about towns like Fresno Dayton even Gainesville where people don't realize that you you fall in love with it you people think it's just going to be a stop gap place and they end up staying
1: yeah that, that's a that's a really good point i mean um you know uh, fresno it's a sleeper of a town you know and and so is you know dayton sometimes to be thought of like that too because everybody you know, like when I was in Ohio, it was all about, you know, Columbus and Cincinnati and, and all that stuff. But you know what? Dayton was a great place to live, a great place to promote a hockey team in Fresno, California. I mean, it's a big market, first of all, and then Central California. But, you know, people f- from Indiana, where I'm from, or even down here, I mean, if, if they've not been to Fresno, they don't know what it is, you know. And <laughs> so it's kind of a sleeper. And so I don't want to say it's a secret, but it's a um, it's just a, it's a nice place, man. I mean, people there's so much history there that that you take for granted. I mean, it's a it's a good you know, uh, size city, Western. You know, city with tons of history and tons of traditions and tons of just you know good, hard working people that have made a living there for years and years, two or three generations. You know, um, and so once you get there and you start digging in, you're like, man, this is a nice place to live. I mean, it it, it does. It, it, sometimes Fresno gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not you know it's a it's dr- it's a drive by off the highway when I'm going from you know the Bay Area to L.A. or something like that but man when you once you stop in Fresno you're like wow this place mm-hmm. is pretty cool so um that's why it was it was easy to promote the team because i realized people wanted something to rally around like they wanted the falcons to succeed they wanted something to rally around you know the way it all ended with me you know at the end of the day um is uh, is not relevant you know what i mean like uh, yeah. people get fired they get hired they move they come back and you know i mean i came back to fresno you know i mean i was gone and i came back a second time in 2006 so um, believe me, that doesn't always happen. And if I didn't, no, it you know, like, if I didn't like the city, I never would have, uh, definitely never would have, would have come back. So, um, you know, and, and for each, everything that happens, uh, there's a, a, you know, the Falcons, it didn't work out and that's, you know, that's a shame. That's one of my biggest, uh, you know, probably, um, not, not regrets for me, but I mean, just the, from the fan base standpoint of how it happened, but I was so happy to see the monsters just kind of like keep going and grow and take over and and just do so well you know mm-hmm. because i mean the monsters don't have to be there either i mean somebody has right. to run that team somebody has to pay those bills somebody has to you know get those kids places to live i mean and so it, it just seems from the outside looking in it's a well well-oiled machine and i'm really proud of what the everybody with the monsters are doing too
0: you know i i will say this before i let you go that um this concurrent stream of consciousness we still mourn the falcons but at the same time it invigorates us, even for us with the monsters, because we owe it to you, we owe it to them, we owe it to the generations that watched hockey. Um, The sweater might look different, but it's the same blood running through those players and certainly the same blood in those fans. Um, And um, it, it invigorates us, it really does. I mean, that's why we try to put a wonderful product on the, on the ice and for the fans. Um, that's why we go and sing Christmas carols at, at um, elderly, elderly facilities. Um, that's why we go to schools. Uh, John, you helped start that. Um, it's important that we do that because that's that thread between the Falcons and the Monsters and just hockey and experience um, that's so important. I want to ask you, John, you do great stuff with the Gators what are do you doing now and what's next? And, um, you know, it's been great that you've been my guest today.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate, uh, t- talking with you and, um, I'm having a blast down here in Gainesville. I've been here for three years now and I you know, I sell major sponsorships to companies that want to put their brand out there in, in front of, uh, the, the Gator nation. And, uh, but, uh, I, am still proud of, uh, most proud of my cause marketing and my community marketing, you know, efforts that, that, uh, I get involved with the communities here too. So, you know, whether it's the three-point shots that we're raising money for the Education Foundation here in Gainesville, you know, with the scholarships for a mentor program, or whether it's the, the free throw uh, cause marketing thing called the Charity Stripe Campaign, where every free throw, this law firm donates money to the Alzheimer's Association. So, you know, I take a lot of pride, Darren, in being part of this community in Gainesville. It's a great community. It's a great college town. We can't count on wins and losses either. You know, we we, we, we stumble a little bit as well. Um, you know, on the field here and there like anybody else, but, but sure. college sports, it, it's not going anywhere. It's like multi-generations of fans. Um, very similar in closing. I'll tell you the hockey fans, they, they just got to keep it up. Like, you, you know, introduce your grandchildren to the monsters games, introduce your kids. You know, the kids that were seven years old when I was, you know, promoting the Falcons, you know, they're, they're all young and have young kids now get them out to games, you know, and, right. uh, and support your local teams. You know, and I'll
0: just say this and say goodbye. It's important for that child who goes to the first hockey game with the monsters, wearing that monster sweater to know who Chris Porter is. It's right. important that they know who, who Ferguson is. It's important that they know who Freeze is, because that builds generations of communities. And it, at least that's my opinion.
1: No, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, you, you, you know, you can't rewrite history, but, uh, but you got to know history and uh, you know, his, that's how we got here. Like, that's how, we got here today. So, uh, I am, you know, embrace change, embrace history. You can do both.
0: You oh, know? absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, but, I want to thank you so much, John, for being my guest. And, uh, this was fantastic. I want to wish you and your family a wonderful and happy holiday and, uh, go Gators. big time.
1: Oh, thank you very much. It was a, a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, you have a happy holiday as well. And please tell everybody in Fresno that I, that I said, hello. <laughs> I, I guess we are. Yes, <laughs> we are doing it. Right. Bye.